Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Welcome to Crossbody of Work. My name is Evan. I am Javier. And it is sadly time to conclude the Ric Flair three-part series. It is the Flair for the oldest, baby. That's right. We've gone Flair for the old, Flair for the older, and now Flair for the oldest. It's like the thing about how there's a Tom Holland and a Tom Hollander actor, which means there has to be a Tom Hollandist actor as well. Uh, I'm changing my name. Well, you know. Tom Hollandist, where is he? Show me him. We're talking about Ric Flair, though. <laughs> that's my quick pivot. I had no way of getting back, so that's my quick pivot. We're Rick talking Flair. about Marvel's own Ric Flair. That's right. Marvel's own Ric Flair. We're talking about him. We're watching five of his matches, all this time from his WWE run, because you can't make us watch his TNA run, even though I'd love to see him woo against Jay Lethal. I feel like we should have made that the promo. Ah, uh, maybe, but at the same no, time, I, no, I we don't have to go out on the retirement match. We I, do. We do have to go out on the retirement match, and I just don't want to see him in TNA. It makes me sad. It's so fun, though. His promos against Lethal are so great. It makes me so sad. Um, so when we left off with Ric Flair, he had he was in WCW. We've actually seen the last Nitro match, which Ric Flair was in, but that was in our Sting episode. Go listen to our three-parter on Sting. He missed the entirety of the invasion angle, the whole thing. Yeah. Which is a really big missed opportunity, I think. I would not say that. Okay, explain. Here's the reason why. Do you really care to see Ric Flair as a part of He like one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is why the fuck is Ric Flair with those guys? You know, I think so. But I think if you change the way that the invasion angle was was portrayed, like if you just let Ric Flair lead WCW and you just don't bring ECW into it, I think that could be different. But you have to bring ECW into it because ECW is a prominent part of it. But you don't have to. You could have just made a WCW. I think the money was in WCW versus WWF, not no, the money is definitely in everyone against WWF. The money is in Mike Awesome versus WWF. Yes. Give me Mike Awesome, please. I want him powerbombing people through the goddamn dirt. So Flair would show up in November of 2001 after the Survivor Series match. Uh, and his role was that he was the new co-owner of the WWF. He had He had bought the stock from Shane and Stephanie. Great impression being done by Javier right now. Yeah, when when Vince gets freaking uh, bamboozled, finds out that it's when he finds out that it's flared, he just starts like nervously itching the back of his head with that stupid face on, which is a, a gift that is used all of the time. <laughs> it's I see it amazing. a lot. 
So he, this leads into his first real feud in WWF since returning. This is the first time he's been here since, you know, being world champion, 92 Rumble, all that nonsense. And his first real feud is Vince McMahon, the boss yes. man, the, the two co-owners. Well, what the hell did you expect him to go blow for blow with the goddamn Undertaker? No, Sonny, this ain't SmackDown Live. He would go blow for blow with the Undertaker in like two months after this because he would face him at WrestleMania X8. Yeah, well, so yeah, but that's later, and we're not covering that match. We're covering the street fight at Royal Rumble 2002. It is Rick's first match back against Vince McMahon. Rick's looking trim. He's looking good. He looks fine. I I feel like there was this period for Rick there in his late 40s, early 50s, where he looked pretty fucking good. Yeah, you know, it's not until after evolution. I feel like that it really looks like oh, that's Ric Flair. Yeah, he like he came in fit dad. Evolution, he was fit dad with money, and then he just he became old man. No, he was old man with evolution. I don't care what anyone says. He was old uh, man. But with the begin, beginning of evolution, he still looked good, but then by the end, it is, it's, it's, he's falling off. It wasn't looking great when they won the when he won the gold with Batista. It was not looking good. So Vince. Is jacked to the fucking gills. Vince is jacked to the gills. Flair looks like a normal dad. And Reed, you know, rest his soul, looks like the awkward version of Aaron Taylor Johnson's character in Angus Tonks and Perfect Snogging. That is a, a an S-tier reference. Congratulations. That was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vince's theme is is elite. It's it is. It's incredible. You've got no chance in hell. And it just it just has that good driving beat. Man, it's so good. It's also, a great com- start. It's a great like rise. It's just yeah. beautiful. Commentary mentions both men are former world champions and former Rumble winners. And that makes me mad in a way I can't fully explain. I don't remember Vince winning the world title, but I know that it happened. He won it off of Triple H, no? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't remember exactly how it happened. I feel like it was, it was one of those situations. Austin, Austin interfered. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. I he only just, had it for like a day. He <laughs> did, but still. Remember ECW World Champion Vince? What a fucking timeline that was, too. Do-rag. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, Vince is, like you said, is looking deezed. Um, up until the beginning of the match, he like tosses Flair backwards in a test of strength. Then he poses. Then he yeah. does like the peck pose. Yeah. His pec just doesn't move in any way, shape, or form. No it doesn't grow. It doesn't, it doesn't pop. There's nothing. It's like, Vince, what are we doing here? Though, commentary is a really good line. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler says, Vince McMahon has muscles in places where Ric Flair doesn't have places. And I was like, that is... For a, for a Jerry the King Lawler line, that's very funny. Because... Oh. Commentary has some zingers on this one. So Vince t- tries doing a flare. First off, Vince is in some baggy as fuck Levi's. Um, <laughs> He's trying to sneak some some uh, snacks into the movies later. Yeah, it's it's insane. My brother, uh, listen, I understand it's the early 2000s, but we're not there yet, Vince. Yeah. Um, Vince does the absolute worst strut I have ever seen it's bad. in my life. Uh, and then JR goes, if you had a body like that, or no, King uh, says to Jr. If you had a body like that, you'd get turned on looking in the mirror. Oh, pause. That's hard un- pause. Not only a hard pause because you know 
We it's listen, man. If you want to admire another man, that's fine. But when that man is Vince McMahon, also the being turned on by yourself in the mirror. That's a weird. That's a weird thing. It's a really that's weird some, thing. Like, Patrick Bateman type shit. Yeah, that's some American psycho nonsense. Uh, I wish Peacock had the ability to speed up. So we didn't have the actual like link to this match. We had to watch this one on Peacock. I wish so much that they could speed this up because this is two old men fighting. Yeah, there's solid chops from Vince. If I'm being honest, they look they sounded pretty. Yeah, good. they, they sound good. Pretty good. It's hard to fuck up a chop. Uh, Vince with thumb to the eye, clothesline. Vince is the least athletic man I have ever seen. He's just big. It's it's incredible. He has no athleticism to him whatsoever. I always so growing up, I had a friend who like tried really hard, went to the went to the gym all the time, played sports or whatever. Who just wasn't an athlete. He like he was so he was so committed to like playing sports and working out and being in the best shape possible, but just wasn't athletic. And then there were a couple of the rest of us who just were like decently good at some sports without trying. He was like, "I, I fucking hate you guys. I hate you so much." Because you don't have to work. You just know what to do with your hands or like how to throw the ball or how to do this thing. It's like if I had your athletic, the natural athletic ability and my work ethic, I'd be unstoppable. I'm like, yeah, but you don't. And Vince Vince would have been amazing if he had any athletic ability to start with. Fucking loser. Uh, Flare flop. (laughs) Great flare flop, too. Flare flop. Uh, He does the corner spot, but he doesn't go to the outside. With just it, because he's not able to flip all the way through, so he just falls back into the ring in a very shoot kind of way that had to be concerned. Then we get to the outside, and uh, Vince has a keep off sign. Not sure where it was from. Not sure what the guardrails. Oh, keep off the guardrails. Well, he uses that to absolutely crack Flair in the face. Yeah, he just whips Flair with that. And then he whips Flair into the guardrails. Uh, Flair gets busted open because there's a trash can shot. Flitz goes under the ring, grabs a trash can, and I'm just Rex Flair with it. How much, like, those trash cans look like they're made of aluminum foil, right? They are, like, the shittiest trash cans you could have that aren't yeah. plastic. Yeah, okay. I didn't know, I, I was just seeing, like, they look like they could, you could crumple them up into a ball. No, after. it's like a metal, but it's like a, it's like a very thin sheet metal. Yeah. You know? Uh, Flair is so bloody. Dude, the punches by Vince during this area. Oh, my God. I just... I thought Shane was bad. Now I see why Shane's so bad. Then we're working around... You mentioned that Reed was at ringside. There's actually... Like, Flair's kids are at ringside. Not Charlotte, though. The other kids. It's Conrad's wife. Yeah. And Vince steals a camera that that, uh, Conrad's wife has and takes a selfie with bloody Rick. And it's like a, a like a paparazzi camera too, yeah. with like the big flash thing on it. Yeah, it's a fucking like, Nikon. Yeah, yeah. This is like a legitimate camera. I don't know why the fuck she could just use like a disposable one. It's the <laughs> camera that that one girl from your school got in high school, and then she opened a photography business, and it was just like shots of black and white, like front lawns. You know that girl? Yeah, and she thought she was really cool. Oh, she thought she was the coolest person in the world. That girl, that girl that girl knows she still exists flair is giving a god to your performance selling he's doing and really well it doesn't matter because vince mcmahon is doing a god tier shit performance uh of being believable yeah 
Uh, Vince is working Flair's knee in the middle of the ring, slams into the apron, runs to the ring post, then locks in a pretty shit figure four. It's the worst figure four I have ever seen. And I have uh, seen some really bad ones. Vince, uh, it gets flipped by Flair. Uh, Vince limps to the outside, gets himself a lead pipe. It was Vince with the pipe in the squared circle. I win clue. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so at one point, Flair hits a low blow. Was this the was this the regular low blow or the mule kick low blow? This is the regular low blow. Yeah, this is a regular low blow. And then <laughs> JR on commentary goes, I suspect that Mr. Turned On is not wearing a cup. Just a very out-of-pocket thing to say. Flair Just kills Vince with a TV monitor. Yes. Um, absolutely murders that man. Flair bites at Vince's cut. Uh, he hits at one point. Vince gets a little bit of an advantage. Flair hits a mule kick, low blow. Uh, Flair hits Vince with the lead pipe. Gets him in the middle of the ring. Starts taunting. Puts on a figure four. Wins the match. Two other things. One during the final figure four, there is a dead ringer for Bubba Ray Dudley on the hard cam. You just look in the crowd like five rows deep. There's a guy who looks exactly like Bubba Ray Dudley. He's dressed up like him. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Bubba Ray Dudley. Or one Listen, of the other 47 Bu- uh, Dudley children. It's not that hard to look like Bubba Ray Dudley. You just kind of have to be like balding white man from New York, you know? <laughs> yeah, and if you throw glasses on, it's like, that's Bubba Ray Dudley. And the other thing is... While Flair's whipping his ass, he brings Vince around to his kids to take another photo, this time of Vince having his ass kicked. I like that. It's a funny bit. Reed is like 12 at this point. Yeah, Reed is very small here. No, not 12. He's like 14, if I had to guess. Yeah. So Flair came into the WWF as a babyface, but he would turn heel in September of 2002, aligning with Triple H. Then came Orton. Then came Mark Jindrak, but fuck that guy. Was it Mark, wasn't Mark Jindrak that was supposed to be? It was Mark Jindrak, yes. Yeah, and then fuck that he guy. He was apparently the worst thing that ever happened to Randy Orton. So they were like, bye. We have this guy named Dave now. And Dave Batista's here. And we have Evolution. We're actually skipping over Flair in the Evolution run. Mainly because he functioned primarily as a manager and as a tag partner with Batista. And, we had and also... We will just cover Evolution in its own episode at some point. Yeah, absolutely will. But we had other singles matches of Flair's we wanted to focus on. He was the tag team. It was Orton was the mid-card guy. Triple H was the main event guy. Flair and Batista were the tag team. Flair was also the primary manager of the other guys. Yeah. That's kind of his role. King shit. Uh, We have seen some of his matches before, uh, specifically the WrestleMania 20 match against Rock and Mankind. We've we've covered that. So I'm very excited for the what was it was it backlash that they won all the gold on the same night. Why do I want to say it was Armageddon? It might have been Armageddon. It was probably I think Armageddon. it was Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon 2004. Yeah. So after Vengeance 2005, Triple H took some time off, and Flair turned face for the first time and won the IC title from Carlito. What a weird time. That's a weird. I remember thing that. that. He held it happened. for a very long time. He absolutely did. Uh, Triple H then returned to the homecoming episode of Raw in October where he was going to team with Flair against Carlito and Masters. Triple H then beat the shit out of Flair with a sledgehammer after. 
Uh, Flair retained the Intercontinental Championship against Triple H at Taboo Tuesday, and then we made it to Survivor Series 2005, a last man standing match between the former friends Flair and Triple H. The the hero and the protege. Triple H is very much on record saying Flair was his fucking guy growing up. It's, he idolized him. It's one of my favorite like tropes. Yeah. Ever. In re- in wrestling specifically, is like, I looked up to you, now I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. It's so it's like simple. A, yeah, it's like ten years from now when John Moxley's getting absolutely wrecked by shooter. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> the uh, amount of blood. <laughs> it's gonna be so much Renee's gonna be so mad tweeting. She's gonna be Leave him alone. <laughs> Is my husband going to be okay? That's actually, Loki, one of my favorite things about any time John has like an intense match is just Renee tweeting like, what the fuck? Like, and the rest was going, we very much appreciate his sacrifices. Thank you, Renee. Yeah. I hope you're doing okay. Thanks for the yeah. pod. It's great. <laughs> it, is, it is really good. So this match, I remember this match. I don't. I remember this match. I remember this match more than I remember. I remember they had a match at Taboo Tuesday because I remember I loved the concept of Taboo Tuesday. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I remember this match. I didn't remember the end. Like I didn't remember how it actually went. You know, and I think it's because the, the ending's a little flat for a Last Man Standing match. Yeah, I I, I wasn't happy with it. Yeah. Um, my thing with this is for. What is really a blood feud? There was a lot of blood, but I didn't yes. feel like there was a lot of heat. I agree with that. Let's, match. let's go through it. So Flair gets attacked in the entryway by Triple H. He can't even take the robe off or the IC title title off of his waist. Uh, Triple H is really taking, trying to take the old man out to pasture. He's like, I, I want to kill this man. Yeah, Triple H is in his I'm a bitch era. Which is funny because then years later... Batista would get to Triple H by beating the shit out of uh, an old man Flair when when not what 15 years earlier Triple H tried to fucking kill the man himself brother <laughs> I love when wrestling just doesn't rem- it's like just you're, forget this thing you're preaching to the damn choir yeah they don't give a shit they know we don't have memories Triple H, like you said, immediately runs him down. He goes for a chair shot. Flair meets him with a kendo stick, starts beating his ass into the crowd. Uh, they start trading shots in the crowd. Uh, they get back to ringside because Triple H scoops slams Flair over the barricade onto the yeah. ringside. Hits suplex ringside uh, and then suplexes Flair back into the ring. My favorite part about when they're in the crowd is that they're actually up against the hockey boards. <laughs> so I had to look up. I'm like, where are we? Like, why, why are there hockey boards? We are at the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit. See, if you had said Joe Lewis Arena, I would have been like, are they in like St. Louis or something? Nah, Detroit, which is now, I think, the Little Caesars Arena. I hate was, branding. Fuck Detroit. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that hates Detroit for no reason. You hate um, a lot of cities for no reason. I hate the entire state of California. Okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of New York City. You don't like New Jersey. I hate New Jersey. And I hate uh, Detroit. Detroit. Is that it? Detroit. Just those four? I'm not a Florida guy either. You're really just like knocking out different places along the uh, 
Everywhere else, it's like fine. Like I'm Every- not going to go to Wyoming, but I don't dislike Wyoming. That's because Wyoming doesn't is- doesn't exist. Sure. You've never met anyone from Wyoming. Uh, Kanye West. Say Josh oh. Allen. Is, is he from? No, he's from California. Isn't he? Yeah, but he went to Wyoming like a nerd. Anyways, yeah. So we're back in the ring. Uh, don't understand why Triple H's next thing that he needs to get is a screwdriver. Brother, he got a. Am I watching fucking? Uh, who's the fo- who? The fuck is the gate? Am I watching Nick Gage out here? Why do we have a screwdriver? Is this the movie Hostel? This is crazy. He puts a screwdriver into the forehead of Flair, who was already a bloody mess. I wrote, this is the worst imp- episode of Home Improvement I've ever seen. Uh, Tim Allen, no. <laughs> Wilson, help me. Uh, Triple H with some knee drops to Flair's face, which is fun because it's a, a Flair classic move that Triple H really stole. Yeah, because he started incorporating it in his offense when he was yeah. in his reign of terror, the little dickhead. Flair's so bloody that he's just red from like waist up at this point. Yeah. This is a massacre. An absolute massacre. The only good thing about this is I feel like this was the only match of the bunch that didn't have Flair's family. Yeah. His family. <laughs> I think this up. was the only one that did have either Reed, Charlotte, or the other daughter, who I always forget her name. You're right. His family shows up all the time. He's in every, they're in every single one except for this one. Maybe it's because they hate Triple H. So like, I don't want to show up for Paul. Hey, Paul. No, they just didn't want to go to Detroit. Um, <laughs> so mean to Detroit. Triple H hits a spine buster ringside. He grabs on the mic, tells Flair to stay down. And then Red, he, so he starts clearing the announce table. Yeah. And for whatever fucking reason, Jonathan Coachman, ESPN's own, is just like, yeah, let me help. Yeah. I love what that coach, fuck, coach Coach is like the halftime guy in the Madden games. I skip Coach every time oh, I play. Yeah, it makes me feel so good. I don't even know what Coach is up to. He like he was at ESPN. Obviously, he was like a sports center anchor for the longest. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to do commentary for like a week. Yeah, and then they were like, <laughs> fuck that. Never mind. And now, then he was just gone. And I don't know what he's up to these days, but it's weird. Triple H tells Flair to stay down on the mic, and Flair does something he will do repeatedly in the rest of the matches we watch, and grabs him in the junk. He just grabs him by the... Just just straight up (laughs) hand-holding. He's holding it. The forbidden handshake. He's checking him for for, uh, tumors. You know, you're supposed to get your your lumps. (laughs) He's checking him for lumps. Supposed to get the check every once in a while. That's supposed to be a solo activity. It's not supposed to be a team effort. <laughs> well, you know, he is his uh his sensei, so he's gotta he's gotta he's gotta do everything for it. Triple H bodies flare with a mic because he wants him to get his hands off of his uh his his little hunters. And uh Pedigree attempts through three the table. daughters. Pedigree attempts through the table with flare backdrops Triple H goes through the other table, but Ages up at nine. Yes. Um, <laughs> the little hunters. <laughs> Jesus. Triple H drops chair um, that he was going to blast Flair with and then just decides, I'm going to throw hands with this individual. Yeah. 
And the reason for pedigree. So Triple H was going to hit him with the chair, but then he said, like, no, maybe I'll reconsider it. But he just puts it on the ground and then just starts punching. What's the pedigree him instead? on the chair no he just wants to he just wants to throw hands with flair he just literally drops it in the middle of the ring and decides i'm gonna punch the fuck out of this guy then he goes for the pedigree on the chair flair hits a low blow grabs a chair blasts him with it starts biting triple h because apparently flair's in his army hammer era flair never oh my god flair never eats before matches he just he just gets snackish Every time. But that's it's so like the new Timothy Chalamet movie. He drags Triple H to the ring post, crotches him, continues to work the knee. Then we get a chop block, and he starts to bite the thigh meat? Sir, put on he's some getting, fucking genuine. Like, he's getting some ass. He's, he's biting a, that ass. He's a thigh guy. I thought that uh, was only Stephanie's job. Oh, um, sir. Figure four attempt, Triple H kicks Flair off. Uh, Flair gets it locked in, but then uses the ropes for leverage. Hunter taps, but that's too damn bad. You can't. It don't matter. Uh, Hunter does eventually get the advantage back. He just absolutely ruins Ric Flair's face on the with the staircase. He, grabs, oh, yeah. he goes gets 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 the top half of the stairs and blasts Flair with it. Uh, Flair does drop toll hold. Triple H hits his head on the on the stairs. A uh, little down the line, Triple H pedigree. Flair gets yep. back up. Second pedigree. Flair gets back up. Flair is Triple H is just like, what the fuck? Like he's just annoyed at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's, he's just pissed off. Uh, and Flair sticks up the middle finger. A third pedigree. Uh, Flair struggles but gets up. <laughs> um, Triple H decides, fuck this shit. And Evan, what does Triple H decide to do then? This? He gets his little crutch. He gets his sledgehammer. He clocks Flair in the back of the head. No getting up from that. And that's why it feels kind of flat. Like it's the three pedigrees and then just like one extra shot. And he's done. And it's, it's like I said, there, there was a lot of blood. There was a lot of like carnage. But it didn't feel like there was heat between the two. Yeah. Like a lot of things happened. Yeah, but it just it just felt flat at the end. You know, there was like just no just, passion. There's no passion. There's there no, is no execution. Aggression. There is no fucking mindset in this football club. We're gonna take a break. When we get back, Ric Flair's in a goddamn TLC match. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back from the break, it is a TLC match for the WWE title. It is the January 16th Raw 2006. It is Ric Flair versus Edge. 
Flair is still IC champion when he gets this title shot. And we have him going up against what I, is in my opinion, the greatest form of Edge, rated our superstar with Lita. That is the best era of Edge, in my opinion. It gets no better. It gets no, it's just, it's the best. Yeah. The rated R superstar, uh, who is still to this day, that one run of Edge is my least favorite. Like, he was my least favorite person in the world. Yeah. He's, I your, despise, he's Detroit as a person to you. I absolutely despise Donald J. Trump and everything that he stands for. And I would still, like, he's the baby face if he were to you'd, fight. You'd still, book him to go over, you'd still book him to go over that era Edge. Yeah. yeah. I don't care what it does for, for me as a person. Uh, it, it's just not possible. Flair in a TLC match sounds... It's like whenever Jim Carrey got booked to do serious roles. And you're like, hmm, what are you doing here? I know, but he's so good in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotlight. Yeah, and the, but it, it, or like Adam Sandler and he shows up in Uncut Gems. And you're like, holy shit, you're a good actor. Oh. Oh, well, you know, we had Funny People before that. and then there Funny was- People is an amazing movie that is about 45 minutes too long. And then there, what, what was the movie that he had? Punch Drunk Love? Punch Drunk Love is good. I'm a Spanglish truther. I think Spanglish is good. I don't know what the fuck Spanglish is. Spanglish is really good. I think you'd enjoy it. And then I love him in Hustle. He is so good Hustle in Hustle. Hustle is so good. It's a great movie, but yes, you are right. It's like it's like you know when you take an unfunny person and or a funny person and you put them in an unfunny role. It's like the first time I saw Jonah Hill in Moneyball. What are we doing? What do you mean you just do the stats? What do you mean you're just in a serious movie? You're just the funny fat guy from Superbad. Yeah, take off that vest. You look like Aladdin. All right, uh, out of the gate, <laughs> hot. <laughs> Flair with some chops, some strikes in the corner. Uh, earlier in their feud, because I didn't realize these guys had a feud. I didn't remember that. Edge had bodied Flair with a chair on the announce table. I, I, I don't remember it. Edge it gets a chair, too. Yeah. yeah, Edge gets an early ladder, hits Flair with it, sandwiches him with it, then hits the ladder with a chair. And I was like, wow, what an innovator of violence. You're just stealing Tommy I mean, the, the, bit. the funny thing is they're like playing up that Flair has a concussion from that concerto shot that you mentioned that he took because I think it was like the week before or some shit. Yeah. Uh, and they're also saying that Edge has like a partially torn peck. Hmm. It's like TJ because, Watt. You know, no, because, you know, Ric Flair likes to chop people. Yes. Uh, I also love the idea of Flair having Flair's been concussed since 1986. Flair's been concussed since that plane crash. Yeah, maybe. Jesus. But like, what do you say? He's got a new concussion? A new one? No. It's the same one. New Coke? It's like new. We're going to get rid. We're going to bring in new Coke, see? (laughs) And that way people want old Coke. Oh my God. New Coke. I don't know new Coke. I was obviously not around for new Coke. Right? Was I even alive? No, you, you wouldn't have been alive yet. Yeah, so, but I'm just curious as to how that went over for people. It's just like terribly, terribly. What happened here? Um, anyways, so this is the first ever TOC match for the WWE Championship, which sounds so wrong. It sounds incorrect. It was like a 12 minute match on Raw. Yeah, and it's it's a really fun match between the IC Champion and the WWE Champion. Yeah, it's Uh, so fun. 
Edge puts Flair on the table and wants to do the concerto again, but Flair grabs the balls. <laughs> I don't understand why that's his offense. And then Lita, of course, jumps right on his back because she's like, only I can do that. It's a distraction that allows Edge to get a chair and absolutely body Flair with it. Yeah, Flair gets busted open from that. Um, because, you know, Ric Flair and Bleeding, name a more iconic couple. Sit down, Edge. John. Edge on a ladder in the ring, Flair on a table on the outside, and Edge with the splash through. I was like, damn, that that's a nice spot. <laughs> And that's when we get the, the shot on the crowd because Charlotte's there. And she says, she's like, Dad, get up. And I'm like, why are you here? What awesome. I wrote it all claps. Edge splashes Rick through table as Charlotte is crying. <laughs> what an absolutely wild sentence that is. And then we get a commercial break, which is just fascinating. They're like, hey, was here's this, this main event. I, it's got to be. Here's this old man getting splashed through a table. Now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> like, I love the, that's a hard turn to make to switch to a fucking Aflac commercial. Oh my god, Aflac! I saw an Aflac commercial yesterday during Thursday Night Football, which is on Amazon Prime Video now. Yeah, uh, and it's it's fucking hilarious because that was the first Aflac commercial I've seen in probably seven years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch commercials anymore. So watching something like watching sports is the only time I get commercials anymore. Yeah. And so for a long time, I'll just not see any commercials. And also I'm like, oh, shit, people still make jingles and like commercials and the Geico lizard still going, you know? You know, it's funny that they do the Geico thing because I'm pretty sure Geico is like the number one insurance company for, for auto stuff. Like I have Geico. But I have literally never heard of Aflac. Like, I aside from the commercials with the duck, I don't know anybody that has Aflac. I've never seen anything for Aflac. Is there an Aflac store? I don't know. I've never seen it. It's just Ben Aflac. <laughs> it's just him. Uh, back from the commercial break, and uh, Flair gets the advantage with a low blow. He gets a ladder, sandwiches edge in it, hits the ladder with a chair. And then hits him with an unprotected headshot, which, if you didn't know, is the number one cause of pregnancies. <laughs> <laughs> Set up a ladder near the turnbuckle. Flair climbs the ropes, then the ladder. And I was like, oh, shit, Flair's going to fly. Yeah, but Edge, Edge beats him. <laughs> Suplexes him off. Ric Flair is like 57 at this point, probably. Ric Flair is one of the worst people at going up to the top rope. I love that he's like, let's go higher. Yeah, he's like he's legitimately probably like fifty-seven at this point because I think he, he's seventy-three now. He is he is fifty-seven. That is exactly right. Yeah, Jesus, I deserve an award for that one. You do. Um, he meets him up there. He superplexes him off the fucking ladder. Uh, Edge does a missile drop kick off the ladder, and Flair just stomps around for a little bit, then does a flare flop. <laughs> Edge then with the Rick James, Charlie Murphy slap with a chair to Flair's face. Just fucking With the five fingers to the face. <laughs> Edge gets his hands on the title, but Flair pushes him off the ladder through a table at ringside. This is just a Monday. It's not even a pay-per-view. And they're taking these insane bumps. Hobie, imagine if you just like decided to bring like your kids because you're like, oh, my son is like super into like the big show. 
you know? And then you just get a 57-year-old man getting absolutely, like, mutilated throughout the ring while your fucking six-year-old kid is like, where's the big bald dude? Flair, climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Lita runs interference, though. Yeah, Lita, Lita jumps on his back. Um, <laughs> Lita jumps on his back, starts beating on him, which, you know, F- Ric Flair knows a thing or two about women oh. jumping on his back and beating on him. Um, Flair, wait, that actually sounds terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Flair, Flair puts a figure four on Lita, which is a position I'm sure he wishes he could have done. Uh, and then, you know, of course he, he, he takes too long, starts climbing a ladder, uh, edge meets him there. They throw hands. Flair loses because Ric Flair has never won a strike exchange. He's also 57 years old. Yeah, but he's never won in his strike exchange his entire career. By the way. I'm not sure if you've noticed that we're three parts in what name a strike exchange he has won. That's true. That's true. I, I, I feel like we're at the point where you give me prime Ric Flair. I could have beaten him up. If you get the lat, like if you get the first shot, you're gonna win. Yeah, uh, Flair loses. Edge gets the title. Did you see what happens after the match? Did you stick around? He, he does the stretcher job. No, no. Uh, Rick Flair or Edge wants to do the concerto on Rick Flair again, and somebody makes the save. Is it Big Show? No. Do 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 do. It's your boy John Cena. Does that? I think that leads to their TLC match that John Cena puts Edge through eighty-five tables. That would make sense. So Flair would lose the IC title eventually. Two. Do you know who he loses the IC title to? Uh, two thousand and six. Right. So the yeah. IC championship, Shelton Benjamin. It's a hundred percent my guy, Shelton Benjamin. Mm. I'm good he, at this shit. He man. was IC title for 155 days. Flair held Flair? the belt for 155 days. Wow. He took some time off in mid 2006 to rest and have his third marriage. Congratulations, Rick. But mostly rest because he's fucking old. And then in June, returned to work a program with real life rival Mick Foley. And that's where we go next is an I quit match, SummerSlam 2006. Is Foley the heel? Brother, I have zero recollection of this match. Zero. I remember that it happened because I remember I asking myself, what the fuck is going on? I was watching like every week at this time and I have zero recollection. I think Foley's the heel here based on the everything that happens. But also, Flair's I don't think so. Heelish. He is a baby face at this point. But Foley has some really like shitty actions he does. I think neither guy is good. That's what what it, hating people makes you makes you worse. I think that's what yeah. this is teaching me. Well, yeah, hate is the worst thing you could do. That's, that's why Kane wanted us all to embrace the hate. Uh, I think I think he'd rather us embrace the fetus or whatever. Fucking Kane. Um, the fact that Foley and Flair feuded in the year two thousand and six sounds so incorrect. And the fact that they only feuded because they had legitimate heat stemming back from their WCW days is even worse. Why is Molina hanging out with Mick Foley? I wish I had an answer for you. I really is do. The, is it the weirdest pairing you can think of? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the hundred percent the weirdest pair. Like the only other thing I could think of was like the mixed match challenge, which had some weird pairings too. That was like intentional. That you know? was. Remember Mandy Rose and Gold Dust? Oh my god. What a time the that gold, was. The golden goddess or whatever her name was. Yeah. I'm trying to remember some of the other pairings that were in there. Wasn't it like Oscar and Finn Balor or some shit? No, Finn was with Bailey, which is great because everyone everyone kept uh Oh no, Oscar was with the Miz. And uh, Braun Strowman was with Alexa Bliss. Yeah, but that was like the thing. That was the thing. I'm going to look at a more, more mixed match challenge. You start talking about the match. Uh, Foley's in his Cactus Jack phase because, of, you know, WCW and all this other stuff. Throws a, a trash, a garbage can into the ring as soon as he comes down. Uh, Foley immediately attacks Flair, uh, then does his, like, he, he sets up the garbage can with Flair. He does that like little running knee spot into the corner that Foley does, uh, which, again, I don't know how the fuck he didn't tear his patella in three different places, but here we are. Um, Foley immediately uh, uh, pulls out Mr. Sacco, puts on a mandible claw, uh, and he you could hear him say it over the mic and also on the camera, zoom in. He goes, we'll make it simple. You say those little words. Or else this is going to get a lot worse. It's not a nice thing to say. It's not fun at all, no. Also, some of the other mixed match. The the finals of the first round of mixed match challenge was Miz and Asuka versus Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, there's a, there's a throwback. They had robes? Uh, Jimmy Uso and Naomi were a team. Obviously, Rusev and Lana were a team. In the first round, Elias was with Bailey, And Finn was with Sasha. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> don't remember that at all. Also, Big E was with Carmella, and I actually remember this one: Sami Zayn with Becky Lynch. I remember oh. that. They're like, put the two gingers together. The the cake thing was fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh my challenge god! Might have been good. Was it? Well, it wasn't bad. It's just because everyone just, everyone just kind of like made it like an entertainment spectacle. Like they yeah, didn't they all, try. They to thought make it was it fun. Yeah. yeah. Huh. It's fucking Man, hilarious. It might have been good. No one took it serious, which is why I was good. Um, Foley went for Sako again. Flair grabs his dick. Flair is grabbing balls like a kid in the outfield at the home run derby. He is just, just going for it constantly. He hits a low blow to Foley. Flair gets the barbed wire Sako. He does some chops to Foley with the barbed wire Sako. Uh, then we get an axe handle off the apron, runs Foley into the stairs, and Foley full front flips the stairs. Like he gets fucked up by it. He gets ruined when he runs in the stairs. So the full, the full head over heels. Foley gets the wire piece of plywood out at ringside. That's fun. Yeah, he got he's got a big old thing of plywood. He he runs and hits Flair with that, and then he does it again. Uh, does his running elbow drop thing, uh, like off the apron, but with the yeah. board. Uh, Flair is gushing. He tells Foley to kiss my ass. Yeah. Um, this, is where, this like, is where I said, this is where I was like, is Foley the heel here? Because he feels very heelish. I think he just hates Ric Flair, which is understandable. Honestly, fine. Sure. Uh, and Foley's like, I want to murder this man. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get some thumbtacks. Yeah, hardcore sprinkles. Let's go. Flair gets scoop slammed onto it. He looks like a human disco ball. Richard is like 57, man. Yeah. And now he has little tiny holes all over his body. He's perforated. 
God. It's like, remember when Jericho took the bump uh, in the ta- in the tax against uh, yep. Dean Ambrose in that one yep. match? And we're all like, oh, my God, he's so old doing this. What the fuck? It's like Flair is a decade older than he was at that point. They give the mic back to Foley, and he goes over to Flair. And Flair is just groaning into the mic. You know old man noises? Like when, when, you're, when your dad's just like <gasps> sitting in his chair. He just makes noises. Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> then Barbie, we get the barbed wire baseball bat. Ah, uh, Barbie, I'm a Barbie girl. I'm excited Barbie. for the Barbie movie. I'm very excited. I just want to see Ryan Gosling in his element. <laughs> uh, he, he, Flair grabs it, starts going to town on Foley after a mule kick. Uh, oh, though Foley does start rubbing it on Flair's face because Mick Foley has never hit anyone with Barbie. He just simply rubs Barbie on yes, people. Yes, yes. But everyone that gets Barbie hits Foley with it. Yeah, Foley takes all the Barbie bumps. Um, Rick goes, you quit or I'll kill you right here. So Rick Flair's the heel. <laughs> yes. Uh, low blow again. Uh, Flair runs into Foley when he's on the apron and Foley lands on a fucking trash can head first. And then the trainers are looking at Mick and I'm like, this man has survived wars. Have you seen Hell in a Cell match? And like, you yeah, well, done, you think he's done here? And then I wrote, oh, he is. The doctor calls it. Flair grabs the mic and goes, wait a minute. This isn't a laid out on your ass match. It's an I quit match. Get your ass back in here, Foley. Foley rolls through the thumbtacks, which just sounds terrible. Uh, Flair rubs Barbie on Foley, threatens Melina, too, who came out there when when Foley took the big bump. He says, I'll kill you, too. And that's when I was like, oh, Flair's the heel. Okay. He goes, now, have you had enough yet? Uh, Melina throws in the towel for Foley. And then <laughs> Flair gets on the bike and goes, she does not quit for him. He quits. And Flair goes to like he was going to hit Melina, who's shielding Foley with Barbie. Foley grabs the mic, quits to stop him. And it's like, holy fuck. Ric Flair is a deranged old man with a baseball bat wrapped with barbed wire. Considering you didn't remember that this match existed, what did you think watching this match in particular? What the fuck? That's an accurate way to look at it. Yeah. But like high pitched, you know, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, you got to get up there. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're looking at the retirement run of Ric Flair. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Back from the break, Flair returned after a three-month absence in November 2007. He kind of been floating around. He had a couple of little mini feuds with 
in in the interim between where we last saw him, you know, trying to kill Mick Foley and now. But he's back. He's in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's here to make an announcement about his future. In North Carolina. And he says there's been a lot of discussion about why did he choose Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's because they have been so good to him. He says he's had a lot of time to ponder his future and that he knows that sooner or later there will be a time for him to retire. He compares himself to Cal Ripken Jr. Yep. Or the great Cal Ripken Jr., which is true, and Brett Favre, who is playing, who he says is playing better than any QB in the NFL. Lie. <laughs> yeah, it is 2007. That is a lie. Is also, you, lie in the world. you don't want to be compared to Brett Favre right now. You don't want to be compared to Brett Favre uh, at any point. He also talks about how he's got involvement in politics and he's opened a marketing company because he's got his fingers in everything. You see the clip of him and uh, Mike Tyson smoking weed together? No. I don't know if it's actually weed or they're just smoking cigars or whatever, but it's just him and Mike Tyson at some event just lighting up, lighting up together. And I was like, what timeline is this? Is this like recently? Yeah, like this week. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, but then he says that he'll never retire. I have to announce to you that I will never retire. <laughs> He's crazy. I'll only retire when I'm dead in this ring over my dead body. My brother in Christ, we were so close to that happening. <laughs> I have too much juice left. I love this business. I'm going nowhere. He's fucking crazy. I love this promo because it's it's the it's the bait and switch, but it's it's like all the Mark Henry retirement promo, but in two minutes. <laughs> it's, it's everything. It's so Ric Flair. It hurts. Is the thing. One of the biggest complaints about Ric Flair, it's literally on his Wikipedia, is that the inability to separate his character from himself, which is he thinks he is the character Ric Flair instead of being an actual person outside the ring. Yeah, and. You see this, this exact promo, this is him still. The fact that he had his retirement match or his final match earlier this year and says that his biggest regret is that he said it was his last match. Dude, you passed out twice in that match. You shouldn't be wrestling. You're 73. You've had legitimate kidney issues. You almost died a few years ago. You were born in 1949. You've been in a plane accident. You've had kidney issues that nearly killed you four fucking years ago. And guess what, Rick? You're 70 fucking three. Terry Funk hung it up. It's your turn. Vince McMahon retaliated after this promo, announcing that the next match Flair lost would result in a forced retirement. And that included singles matches, not multi-man matches. It had to be singles matches. And so later in the night, Flair defeated Randy Orton. So that way he would be able to continue his career. He would face guys like Triple H and Vince McMahon. And then he would be inducted into the Hall of Fame March 29, 2008. Which leads to a career-threatening match. WrestleMania 24 versus Shawn Michaels. I have a question for you. Skill testing question. Go on. Before WrestleMania, there were two more pay-per-view singles matches that Flair had that were career-threatening matches. Do you know who they were against? Would this have been in 2008? Yes. It would be the No Way Out and the Rumble 2008. Uh, the Rumble, was that against 
Rey Mysterio? No. Got another guess? Big Show? No. 2008, very 2008 answers. Ready? The Rumble was MVP. Ooh, I should have known that. It was probably for the US title. No Way Out was Mr. Kennedy. Interesting. Yeah, so Flair's second last WWE pay-per-view was against Mr. Kennedy. 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 Uh, This is one of the best matches based on spectacle and stakes. This is fucking amazing. It's 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 art. This is art. It is this is when you like look, this isn't the greatest match uh of not not by a long shot. This is even probably in the top 3 best Shawn Michaels matches at WrestleMania. Uh it's it might not even be top 5. Two of five. those are taken by Undertaker. So it might not even be top 5. Uh but my god, the moment the it's just everything about this. Like if you want to show somebody what pro wrestling is, this is one of the matches I recommend turning on because this yeah. is just everything from the character, the emotion, the crowd, the wrestling itself, which is very good. Uh, the commentary, everything about it was just absolutely perfect. And then he came back. Isn't it wild that Michaels would retire two years later? It just doesn't seem like that's yeah. the right timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I mean, the next year he would have the best, one of the best wrestling matches, if not the best wrestling match of all time. You know? Yeah. And then he would retire and then come back for the fucking show in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> we don't count it. Uh, Flair is so fucking over here. He's it's so over. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, JR uh, at the beginning of the match goes, Flair may have... Sh- taught Shawn Michaels everything that he knows, but he hasn't taught him everything Ric Flair knows. We get, we get some chain wrestling to start the match. Flair with a drop toe hold during it. HBK keeps locking in the hammer lock. Flair gets a hip toss, stretch around the ring. That's what he does, baby. Old yeller, huh? Old yeller, huh? HBK slaps the taste out of Flair's mouth. Flair kicks Shawn. Uh, Shawn oversells like a motherfucker. Yes. Shawn Michaels was doing everything in his power to make sure that Ric Flair looked great in this match. Not good, great. Also, the clip of Flair after he gets slapped is just the, like, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Like, it's that. That's exact. Because you could see he's bleeding from the mouth. He's just like, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Knee drop. Flair does a knee drop. Uh, Shawn goes uh, to the top. Flair tosses him, so a nice little yeah. reversal of, of matters. Flair goes to the top, hits a flying crossbody, and at that point, I knew Ric Flair was retiring. Yes. The second you see him connect with something off the top rope, you're like, oh, it's like your special day, huh? Look. Yeah, this is your last match. <laughs> we get a shin breaker by Flair. He attempts the figure four. HBK kicks him off, and he goes all the way to the outside. And then an underrated move, because I feel like it's been replaced by the tope. Michaels hits a really good baseball slide. Nice little baseball slide. Follows that with an acai moonsault. Uh, Which <laughs> Flair ducks. Doesn't go well for Sean. Flair ducks. Sean goes through. I don't think that's the Spanish announce table. It might be the German announce table. No, it was the uh, the other brand's announce table. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. It was like the SmackDown announce table or whatever. Oh, uh, wrestling. <laughs> um, Sean, Sean is overselling. Gut first on that announce table, by the way. He breaks yeah, the way, table with his tummy. <laughs> the way that it breaks, it was a tough landing for Sean. Yes. That brother oh. needs some help. 
Michaels makes it back in before the 10 count. Flair with a back suplex for a two count, a nice hip toss. Flair with, I'm going to call it a delayed suplex because that was what it was supposed to be. It was a slightly longer suplex. Yeah. Uh, he gets a, a back sup- or he, he does a series of suplexes, like you said, leading up to that that vertical suplex. Sean hits a swinging neck breaker at one point here. Uh, does a moonsault to the outside, the, the classic one that he does right towards the entrance ramp. Flair doesn't catch him that much. But it's okay because Sean lands in a way that it's fine. Yeah, but Flair really does. They try to show it from another angle to like show him connecting. Like Sean's arm hits Flair. Brother, he's like 58. Leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) If he's going to keep wrestling, I'm going to make fun of him, okay? Uh, They're trading chops, uh, which is great because here's the thing is 58-year-old Ric Flair still has great chops, and Shawn Michaels still has the worst chops. (laughs) Shawn never has good chops. I don't care what anyone says. Shawn Michaels' chops suck. (laughs) He's got good punches. Bad chops. Bad chops, though. Which is weird, because, like, it's hard to fuck up a chop. You just... It's it's the first move I think I'd be able to do, yeah. it's I I feel more comfortable in my chops than I do my working punches. Oh, my working punches would be garbage. My working punches... I've never thrown a punch before. uh, Admittedly, they'd look like a... They'd be like a... Like like the dramatic, like, floating, like... Oh, you punch like The Rock. <laughs> yes, I would absolutely punch like Dwayne. <laughs> I punch like Shane. Sad. <laughs> uh, atomic drop by HBK. We get another flare flop. Two uh, of them, actually. Yeah, two atomic drops and a flare flop. Scoop slam. HBK with the elbow from the top rope. And he starts tuning up the band, baby. Uh, he goes to deliver sweet chin music. Stops himself right before that. Couldn't pull the trigger. Little hesitation. Flair immediately picks up on that, puts on the figure four. Michaels manages to flip it. Then we get a little more classic Matt wrestling headlock takeover. Michaels kicks out of a bridge pin. Sunset flip by Michaels, two count. Uh, Flair tosses Michaels into the ropes, and he does the like classic Flair sell, which has become the Michaels sell, you know? Yeah. Where you flip up the turnbuckle, and la- this time he lands in the ring. Flair has the nastiest chop block in the world. Brother, before that, the like Northern Lights pin where yeah. they tried to get up from the bridge. And it was, but they it can't. was close. <laughs> no, they, it wasn't close. They just couldn't do it. Just, just couldn't handle it. Yes, and then go right into the chop block. That chop block is disgusting. That chop block would have suspended somebody for six games. Absolutely. <laughs> God, it's so good. Flair tries for a figure four. Sean turns it into a cradle for a near fall. Uh, Flair does end up putting the figure four on. Sean reverses it, uh, flips it over. Um, if, when they get up, immediately, out of nowhere, Sean hits a sweet chin music for a near fall. It's like a fucking a cannon shot. It was crazy. It is, and it's such a close angle, too. He really had to get up there. Sean Michaels yeah. is a flexible man. <laughs> HBK is tuning up. Flair won't get up. Yeah, Flair's just not getting up. So uh, Sean goes to lift him up. From behind. Of course, the referee of this match is Lone Nate Charles Robinson. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, so Flair is, so he tries to lift him up from behind, like you mentioned. Flair is distracting Little Nate, Lone Nate. 
hits a mule kick low blow f- to Sean for a near fall. And then Sean puts on what they call an inverted figure four. It's the most like condensed, tiny figure four I've ever oh, seen. No. Sean Michaels is and submission holds. Sean submission holds and chops do not go well no. together. Flair makes to the ropes, thumb to the eyes. We get a roll up by Flair for a two count, which is close. And then we get so we get a chop, and then we get another sweet chin music out of fucking nowhere. Yep. Which is the the one that everyone like you know could see. It's like the classic one. I believe it's the thumbnail for for the YouTube yeah. video. It is. Uh, it is absolutely beautiful. Sean immediately goes to the corner. He does not go for a pin. And he is grabbing at his hands. He is like, his, he's got his head in his hands. He is devastated. He does not want any part of this. He doesn't tune up the band. He just he, waits for Flair to get to his feet. Flair gets on his knees. He's doing the come on. Ask him for on. He's asking for more. Sean gets up. He turns to his side in a position that, you know, he's about to go for sweet shit music. And he just utters the words, I'm sorry. I love you. Sweet chin music. And the career of Ric Flair is over. One, two, three. Michael Sean immediately yeah. gets right on Flair, crying, thanks him, hugs him. And then gives him the ring very, very quickly. All that, like 10 seconds. Flair's kids, including Charlotte, are at ringside. Flair soaks in the adulation one last walk to the back. If he retired here, it's it's magical. It's magic, man. It's magic. He has this. Sean had their has his moment, and still, and they both just ruined both of those things. On November twenty first, two thousand and nine, Flair returned to the ring as a bad guy on the Hulkamania Let the Battle Begin tour in Australia, losing to Hulk Hogan in the main event of the first show by brass knuckle shot. He would then go to TNA from 2010 to 2012, and as we talked about earlier, have what was deemed his final match earlier in 2022. Oh, it just could have been. He just doesn't know how to exist without wrestling. He can't do it's, it. It's hard, man. It's it's really, really hard to see because it's someone who refuses to confront their own mortality more than anything. Yeah. Like, it's not a matter of you know he loves this this is like you know it's hard for him to let it go it's not a it's not a uh the wrestler situation he's not mickey whatever the mickey rourke's character yeah whatever his character randy is. randy the ram yeah he's not randy the ram where he just can't give it up because you know he he's just whatever with flair what it really does feel like is him refusing to recognize his own mortality the fact that he's you know this old he's like i don't think at this point it's wrestling that he can't give up i think at this point he can't give up rick flair and that's that's, fair. that's what's really hard for him that's what i was talking about before was the the fact that his character and himself have become one in the same like you see him all walking around doing appearances as rick flair like yeah, he's unlike Woo! like undertaker once he stopped being undertaker has just shown up as Mark Calloway places. That's what he does now. Like he's that was him and now he's just himself. Stone Cold, by all all accounts, that was him. But like that was his character, essentially. Yeah. I mean look, it's he's redneck, you know, he's always gonna be the goddamn goddamn son. That's just what he does. I can you imagine Stone Cold the grocery store? He's probably just like, hey thanks man. Thank you. 
You know, it's just he's just calm, stone cold at that point. But he's still also, stone cold. But also, but and, he's, and, he's, and you know, he had his his match against Owen, which was awesome because it, it wasn't was really a match. Yeah, it wasn't it was a match. A, it was a second. It was a brawl. Yeah, it was really good. What do you think watching this last like era of Ric Flair and going through the whole whole career? It was beautiful. You know, I I was. I, as for as much as I hated Triple H in that run that he had, I always appreciated Ric Flair because you know I didn't know about Flair pre whatever. Yeah, uh, he was just the old guy who was like kind of fun. You know, that's that's what I knew Ric Flair as. I knew him as that. I knew him as the guy from the the musical chair segment who made that thing into an iconic like segment overall. I, I knew the yeah. guy who. Whenever he was on TV, I knew I was going to get entertained. Uh, I didn't know him as the the guy who was the guy in the eighties. Fucking guy, yeah, yeah. I didn't know him, Ric Flair, this iconic, probably the greatest wrestler of all time guy. I knew him as that. So this was the era of Ric Flair that I knew. This is the era of Ric Flair that I hold most fondly, and it was really fun to see that. Going back and watching the three parts, it gives me more of an appreciation for the, the man because you know i got to see him at the heights uh, at the, the the biggest level you know that that he was at i got to see that phase in the 90s where he was still you know he's past his prime but he was still really really good at what he did and i, I got to see the part that i genuinely loved. didn't know what to do with him in the 90s yeah and then i got like, to see the part that i loved you know yeah by like 94 they just genuinely did not know what to do with him anymore yeah, uh, which like, what what do we do with Rick? We have Ric Flair. What do we do with Ric Flair? Because he's so tight, he's so talented, but he can't be anything else. You know? Yeah, he has to be Ric Flair. So I and that's the thing is I understand having a difficult time separating the character. The character is awesome. Yeah, he's it's the, the man. Best. It's Always. the best man. So I get it, but it's just it's sad, and that, that's why we chose to end with this match. One because no match after this comes close to the quality of the other matches. Yeah. Aside from the final match, what was your favorite match to watch? Oh, that's it's, tough, it's man. It's tough. It's really tough. Um, I would I would say probably the Edge match. That's what I was going to say too. It would be Edge or Triple H up until the, the very end. I thought the Triple H match was good. I just uh, it should have been better. Yeah, yeah, it should have been better. Um, we've reached the end. It's the whole, we've done the whole Ric Flair thing. God, wow. Ric Flair yeah. in the bag. That's Look crazy. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? thought? Not me. Not Rick. Not Rick. <laughs> um, wherever you're listening, be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. We appreciate it very much. Go check out Full Press Coverage for all your sports needs, Full Press Wrestling for all your wrestling things. Merch tables open, fullpressshop.com. Javier, where can people find you on social media? I'm on the Twitter machine at JMelo Sports. Sauce me follows. Follow me at it's Evan Gomes, ITS, EVA, and GOMES. Most importantly of all, follow the podcast at Crossbody of Work on the Twitter. Next week, pre recorded content. Javier and I were together in Canada a couple of, was it about a month ago now? Yeah, and a month and some change. Yeah, a month and some change. We recorded the great crossbody of work draft. Next week, you're going to hear us draft our brands based on every wrestler we've ever covered and hear our ultimate dream cards based on those rosters. It 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 is an all-timer. It is a very fun time. It's also great because we're in person for it. Uh, the reason we have pre-recorded content, 
I have my wedding in two weeks from the day yeah. of recording. And it's two weeks to my wedding. I'm busy. I'm booked and I'm busy. So yeah, we got, yeah, we got so we week. give him that. We've got a couple of pre-recorded concerts. We may as That's well just right. spill the beans now. Yeah. So we have this one coming up, which is the crossbody work draft the week after, which is the week of my wedding. Uh, we have my co-host from pop cops, podcast Mallory, who is also the MC of my wedding coming on to watch five iconic wrestling weddings. Yes. She so, is not a wrestling fan. No, not at all. It's it's a it's a fun time. <laughs> it's a learning experience. And Javi and I trying to explain wrestling is one of the hardest things in the world to not Especially when fans. it's not wrestling. It's it's segments. It's it's, it's, f- it's some of the weirdest fucking segments. We're talking Edge and Vicky. We're talking Triple H and Stephanie. We're talking Billy and Chuck commitment ceremony. It's a weird time. We're talking Lana and Bobby. <laughs> We're talking Lana and Bobby. It's a really, really weird time. So that's the next two weeks of content. But thank you so much for listening. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Javier, any final words for the people? This week on Life Advice with Javier, um, I've had an issue with my car of late where it's an airbag problem. It's a wiring issue. It, it It's basically like if I were to get into an accident at any certain point, the driver uh, airbag may go off may not go off it's like when you know how an iphone charger uh like the cable if it gets like fucked up enough you get to the point where you like it only it works but not all the time like certain angles yeah yeah that's essentially what the wire is at right now and it's obviously a safety issue um Mm. but did still manage to pass inspection so i've rolled the ball I've, i've rolled the ball over for another year with my car um and basically what we're at is this week's life advice with javier uh, is not play the system to still get your inspection sticker. It's when the time comes to get a new car. It's really sucky, and I'm in a position like that now where you know I basically have given myself a year to find a car. The countdown has started. I know what car I want. I'm probably going to get a Hyundai Kona. Uh, but what really sucks, and which is where my advice is, if you know nothing about cars like I do, really rely on the people in your life that do. Like, I'm very fortunate. My buddy Bruce has been very helpful in this process. My father has been very helpful in this process. Rely on people who know about this shit to help you out. Uh, Trust your car people. Yeah, if you have a dad who knows a lot about cars, don't let him do the entire thing for you. But, like... Learn things from him. Yeah, Yeah. seek out his advice. Because more often than not, they know. If your mom knows about it, get her advice. Whoever knows about this, seek seek the advice because i promise you you'll be better off doing so it's true it's better than doing it alone that's really good also hyundai kona looks really cool i like it it's great it's a really good car it's a good car that's a good way to end it thanks for listening to our three-part series on rick flair like we said next week we have the ultimate draft it's a really fun episode you want to miss it it'll be out on saturday as normal thanks so much for listening see you next time bye Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.